Through the teaching and preaching of the gospel of knowing God, intimacy and revival, lives have been impacted all around the world listening to the man of God in Shua Jefferson Hayford. It's your moment. It's your time. Stay tuned as we bring to you the word of God, refreshing, inspiring, life-changing. And now, in Shua Jefferson Hayford, you are blessed. Mantele I'm 
we are the greatest physician in the one we have before today. He is the healer, the physician, the power of failure. Somebody today, you shall receive the deliverance. Somebody today, you shall receive the healing. Somebody today, you shall receive an encounter, an experience for the Lord. Oh, somebody today. Somebody has stepped into rest. He 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 stepped into rest. Of the Lord. 
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Breathe upon me, breath of God. Breathe upon me, Spirit. Lift up your hands. As I lift my hands in surrender to your name. I am yielding to your spirit and I'm in your life. Let's have a voice. Jesus, I adore. Jesus, I adore. Oh, Jesus, I adore.
From today, you see a strange dimension of his beauty in your life. A strange dimension of his beauty. It's on you now. It's on you now. Take it off, 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 take it it's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. Take it. 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 And the apostolic. Yes, I see the power of God tangibly upon you now. Oh, yes. the Lord. Work on her now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Lover of my Jesus, I will never let you go. He's taking me from the miracle. Take over your daughter now. Take over your daughter. I love you. I need you. Oh, my world is born. My I will worship you. I will worship you. 
Just watch her. The Lord is working on her. Just watch her. Oh, Jesus, you're the love of my soul. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Let's on him. From the miracle, and my feet and now I, I love you. I need you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for touching your people. Thank you for your glory. We love you. Fill us. Empower us. Give us with revelations and insight. We pull down every stronghold of the enemy. Strongholds of confusion. Strongholds of doubt. Strongholds of resistance, opposition. We pull it down in the name of Jesus. And we say, have your way in our midst. In the mighty name of Jesus. And let the people of God say amen. And amen. Somebody give it up unto the Lord by you are. Is it working? Okay. Give it up unto the Lord. Come on. And give him a glorious shout. You can take your seat. You can take your seat. Shabarabarabo shaka prandom. Marabasa Kindly say up for me. In the name of Jesus, I declare. I declare. I declare. In the name of Jesus. It is done. It is done. Are you clapping for the Lord? Just clap for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm especially welcome you to church. 
How many of you are excited to be in church today? Are you so excited? Are you sure? Hello? All right. Is it working? It's working. Okay. So, um, a wonderful afternoon to you. I, I could not wait to meet all of you. Amen. And you're all looking so beautiful. Don't you believe you're beautiful? You're beautiful. You're looking so beautiful, so handsome. The gentlemen, you're looking so handsome. I like your afro, your hair, haircut, right? No hairstyle, haircut, and all that. Amen. I passed the back. I could smell somebody's perfume. Wow. It's yours. Hey, receive it. <laughs> Maybe your perfume is not, you know, but God is changing your level. <laughs> Don't you believe it? You know, this year is our year of next level. The Lord has already started. And I believe there's more he's going to do. Amen. We've already prayed, right? Okay, let's go straight into the word. I want to teach a bit and then you see what the Lord has for us. Um, those online, I hope you can hear us. I hope everything is fine. I hope you are blessed. I hope you are not eating. I hope you are in your church clothes. I hope you are not sitting on your bed. Lay back against your pillow. Because you know, you know what's going to happen. It's obvious. In the Bible, somebody slept in service and died. In the book of Acts, he was sleeping in church, and he fell off the window, and he died. His name is Eutychus. Yeah, but you know, it, it was amazing how that the Bible says that Paul went down. The guy was dead. He laid on him and brought him back to life, and he said, "Give him food to eat." And they continued the service till the morning. Yeah. Is it Acts 9 or Acts 7? The Bible students, where are you? Is it Acts 9 or Acts 7? My Bible, don't worry. I'll, 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 yeah. Look for it, look for it, look for it. Because somebody's looking at me in disbelief. As if I've cooked my own story. Apostle, Acts 9 or Acts 7? Apostle of fire. I just go to Google and search that. Act 20 verse 9. Eh? I remember there's a 9 somewhere. Act 20 verse 9. Okay, that's wonderful. Hmm. All right, today I want to teach on something I've titled Unto Perfection. Unto Perfection. Someone say unto Unto perfection. perfection. Again, unto, unto perfection. perfection. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. I know I'm, I'm a prophet, but I teach a lot. I like teaching. Teaching is what opens my eyes. You know? The more I teach, the more you love it. Eh? All right. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. If you are there, give me a wave. 
I want everybody to open their Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, share with somebody who has. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. More hands, if you are there, give me a wave. Okay. It says that, therefore, leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Amen. Amen. Therefore, leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ. I've taught us about the doctrine of Christ. Hmm. Let us go on unto perfection. Let us go on unto perfection. People are going to understand something today that the desire of god amen, amen for the believer is that the believer would enter into perfection amen, amen. now this word perfection is not really what you think it is but is the greek word teleotis teleotis now, this word teleotes means completeness. Completeness. When you study further, it even means completeness in spirit and completeness in mind. Follow me. This word perfection is the word teleotes, which means completeness. And when you study further, it means completeness in spirit and completeness in your mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the word completeness in this context also means maturity. Maturity. And this is the desire of God. That you and I will enter into perfection. Maturity. The desire of God is that you enter into maturity. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, why does God want you to mature? Why does God desire that you should mature? Because, number one, it's not enough to be just there as a Christian. It's not enough to just say, I'm a Christian. It's not enough to just say, I'm a child of God. It's not enough to just say, I go to church. It's not enough to just say, I read my Bible. It's not enough to just say, I pray. It's not enough. You know, one day I was talking to somebody, and the person said, allow me to be an ordinary Christian. Let me tell you something. God does not recognize anything like ordinary Christian. Amen. Amen. What God recognizes is a growing Christian. A Christian that is pursuing maturity. And so, there is nothing like being an ordinary Christian and God is okay with it. No! God desires that you mature. It's a desire of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Number two. God wants you to mature because 
Your maturity is tantamount to your increase in him. Your maturity is tantamount to your increase in him. Now, what does it mean? That means that the more you are maturing, the more you are increasing in him. The less you are maturing, the more you are decreasing in him. So I'm saying that, I think then I have to just make like a teaching. Actually. Okay. So I'm saying that your maturity is tantamount to your increase in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So as you mature, you are increasing in him. As you mature, you are increasing in him. And your increase in him signifies his increase in you. So what it means is the more you are increasing in him, the more he's increasing in you. The more he keeps pouring out more and more of himself in you. So if you see somebody that looks really like God, it's because it's not a person prophesies. It's not that he can quote a million scriptures. It's that he's matured. God is after your maturity. You know, many a times we make the mistake of attributing maturity to people that are pious. You know, he's working like this. When you touch, you say, That doesn't prove anything. Because we have baby Christians that speak in gigantic tongues. We have baby Christians that wear the nicest of clothes. I know a baby Christian that is always wearing white suits. It does not mean that you are mature. I'm telling the truth. And that has misled the church in so many ways. That's why you can say something like, ah, how can this guy do something like that? It's because you placed him on a certain pedestal he was not. Because of his dressing, his way of speech. <laughs> Look, that you put scriptures and statues every day does not really mean anything. I'm telling you the truth. The real deal of the believer is that you should mature amen. amen are you here oh, yeah. so your increase signifies his increase in you as you keep increasing as long as you keep going and you don't stop what happens is he keeps pouring out more and more of himself in you more and more of himself you want to look like jesus pursue maturity Pursue maturity. Amen. Amen. Another reason why you must mature. I don't know why I'm giving you reasons, but <laughs> your maturity determines your level of access in Him. Your maturity determines your level. Of access 
in him. You know, many people don't get this thing. But I'm going to teach you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, let's talk about Christ in the book of Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 52. I want to show you something there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many of us are there? All right. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. What does it say? Let's all read one to go. Jesus increased in what? Wisdom and stature, uh huh. And in favor with God and man. Uh huh. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So even Jesus had to increase. Amen. Amen. Now, the word increase is the word prokopto. Now, that word prokopto means to advance. It also means to grow. So it's saying that even Jesus had to grow. Now, in as much as he was 100% God on earth, you need to understand that he was also 100% man. Many of us don't understand this. Thing, so, oh, he was on water because he's God. No, 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 no. In fact, there was a point he had to pray and say, Oh, Lord, I sanctify myself for their sake. So, even though he was 100% God, because he was also man, he needed to sanctify himself. He did not sin. He was conscious of consecration. It's not because he was just merely God. In as much as his birth was divinely orchestrated, listen, he had to put the consciousness to it. That he could say, the prince of this world comes at me, but founded nothing in me. It wasn't just a statement. It was a proof of the deliberate effort of him to stay standing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So even Jesus, and this time he was young, amen, yeah. he had to grow, increase, advance, prokoto, increase in wisdom. The word wisdom, the word Sophia. That's the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of the world. Not the wisdom that... <laughs> no. No. In the university, you need to find a sugar daddy. No, no, it's not that kind of wisdom. One day I saw on Twitter Sugar Mommy's Telegram page available. I said, What? The wisdom of the world will tell you the economy is hard because of a certain someone. You know. And so you, you need to be street street wise and street smart. Say, so will you see what I drink? They tell your father, the school fees is thousand. Hey, don't make them tell me three thousand. It's the wisdom of the world. It's not Sophia. So Jesus increased in wisdom, but it's not the wisdom we are used to. It's heavenly wisdom. The Bible calls it spiritual wisdom. 
Amen. Amen. Are you blessed? So he increased in wisdom. Number one. Number two, increase in what? Increase in what? Now the word stature is the word helikia. Which talks about maturity. Maturity not just of age. Maturity. So Jesus had to increase in maturity. No, he knew that, hey, I'm the savior. I'm the messiah. But I need to mature into it. You know, there are times that God can tell you, you know, you would be a billionaire. Receive it. And instantly he thinks he's a billionaire. You increase in it. You mature in it. Oftentimes when God gives you a picture of something you are, he says you are, what he's saying is, you need to grow into it. So Jesus understood this principle that he needed to mature. Think about it. The Savior, but when he was young, Herod was after his life, they had to flee to Egypt. But Savior, why would you flee? Stand there and save all of us. But no, that was not the time. Because maturity was still needed. He still needed to grow. Amen. Amen. Are you here? And then behold, on the day of the transfiguration, the Bible says that there was a cloud. And Peter and the rest, they just, they found themselves in a cloud. And a voice came saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. God never said that in the lifetime of Jesus until that point. Why? Because at that point, he had matured and was ready for the assignment. So his maturity gave him access into that which God had called him to do. Let me tell you something. There are things that by praying you will step into. But there are also things that by maturity you step into. In as much as the Bible says that everything by prayer, you need to understand that, that not all doors will open because you are praying. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed? Oh, yeah. Some doors will open merely because you have decided to mature. So perhaps you are here and say, Lord, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Are you maturing? Think about it. A seven-year-old boy begging the dad to release onto him my car. Escalade. Cadillac Escalade. Amen. Yes. And a seven-year-old boy saying, give me the Cadillac Escalade. Give me the Cadillac Escalade. Give me the Cadillac Escalade. I need it. Your word says, until you ask your name, you will do it. Your word says, your word will never return. Void. It will never fall to the ground. Void. Your word says, when you speak, it happens. You have already spoken. I claim it. I name it. I claim it. I receive it. Cadillac Escalade. I tell you this. No matter what this seven-year-old boy does, he will never receive that Cadillac Escalade. 
the farthest or the best thing that may happen is it may be bought but will never be given unto him until he is full of age so he may see it but he can't use it why because that access has not yet been given him because there is the need for maturity you know sometimes you wonder i've prayed god is not answering many times your maturity will answer the prayer for you yeah i'm telling you because by maturity you begin to become exposed to certain principles of life principles of the kingdom and you've learned them and you've mastered them and you are engaging them yeah. i'm telling you i'm telling you <laughs> amen. amen this is why maturity is very important hallelujah amen. yeah now this thing called maturity is the end goal of spiritual growth what do i mean no growth and maturity are not the same growing in the lord maturity is not the same okay maturity is the destination growth is the path to the destination so as you are working on growing what is happening is you are nearing maturity day in and day out you are nearing maturity amen yes. are you here oh, yeah. are you blessed oh, yeah. now just as spiritual growth has an end goal called maturity maturity also has an end goal called the fullness of christ ephesians chapter 4. the fullness of christ Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Let's all open our Bibles quickly. Are we blessed? My people at the back, are we blessed? All right. I say, blessed though. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. How many of us are there? I need more people. By now, you should, you should. It's working. Okay. Ephesians 4, 13 to 14. Let's all read one to go. So we all come to the unity of the faith. So we all come to the unity of the faith. Uh-huh. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Uh-huh. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let's go. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in ways to deceive. Let's read it all over again. Let's go from the beginning. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Stop there. Now, I'll come there again. So, I says, till we all come, till we all, I wish I could teach on that alone. No. No. In that scripture, it, it even reveals how the Lord will come. At what time he will come. But it's okay. Till we all come. 
in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of who? Of who? Huh. Till we all come. There's also another dimension of it. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Where, in this case, you are being ushered into the faith. So you come. You receive him. You are ushered into the faith, number one. Number two, you don't just stay there. You press on to pursue the knowledge of the Son of God. In your pursuit of the knowledge of the Son of God, you enter into the realm of the perfect man. That word perfect, teleos, matured, complete man. Hello? Hi. Are you here? Oh, yeah. Okay. And now, your maturity is unto the measure. Your maturity, the goal of this maturity is unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. May the Lord open your eyes. Yeah. May the eyes of your understanding be opened. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Huh. Verse 14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Look, this alone should convince you why you must be mature. Because if you don't mature, you still remain a child who is easily tossed to and fro. This is how gullible Christians are produced. Today, now, generation, we have so many gullible Christians. Lick my shoe, you lick. Prophetic direction. Chew two pieces of shoe, you chew. But for red, look, I'm a prophet. I give direction, but listen, some directions, look. It's not Christ. It's, it's, not, it's not in the image of Christ. But for red oil. Drink two gallons of red oil. And your life will never be the same. Where in the Bible did he say that? If it's even anointed oil, we'll have a red oil. <laughs> Every morning when you get up, go to your compound and choose some grass. Oh. It's happening. It's happening. With all humans, I've encountered people that brought issues. And the things I heard, I was like, Gullible. So, if you don't mature, you'll be like a child, tossed to and fro, tossed to and fro, to and fro. It also talks about stability and establishment. Look, your maturity brings stability to you because anyone that can be tossed to and fro means the person does not have roots. Think of a tree that has roots. And guess what? God wants you to be like a tree. He said in the book of Psalm 1, he said, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. So God wants you to be like a tree. Why? The tree is stable. The tree is established. The tree cannot be tossed to and fro. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray you get this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you blessed? Oh, yeah. huh. 
Say so many Christians are so gullible. Why? They have not been taught maturity. Today you barely hear in the church that you must mature. Now I preach about prosperity a lot because I believe every Christian must prosper. Yeah. yeah. About that he became sin. He, he became dead that you would become life. He became sin that you will be justified. He became poor that you will be rich. So why is that we've received him, you are still poor? So no Christian must be poor. Listen, poverty first is a state of mind. Amen. Amen. Poverty is not lack of money, it's a state of mind. So you become poor first in your mind before in your pocket. Okay. How can you liberate the Christian from poverty? The word. The word of God is everything. Have you seen how you struggle to read the word? When you open, the moment, you, one day somebody said to me way back in university about eight years ago, and the person said to me, the man of God, I struggle sleeping, but I've discovered that when I open the Bible, I sleep. Hey. So now, in order to sleep, I open the Bible. Hey. <laughs> sleeping what? The Bible has got sleeping tablet. This word that is everything to somebody's has sleeping tablet. But this person can join online prayer. Even if you are praying 10 hours, he can pray. But the moment he opens the Bible, why? Because the word is everything. The Bible said that for we know that the wells were framed by the word. Have you ever heard false prayer before? But there's false teaching. Yeah. Because the devil knows that the moment you get it right, your life will turn around. In Joshua 1, it is there. That don't let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. That ye shall meditate on it day and night. Uh-huh. And you shall observe to do according. Uh-huh. That thou shalt make what thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Look, the word of God is saying that look, if you just let the word of God stay in your mouth, hello, Hi. not the word of your feelings. You know, something I, I I feel like I'm a failure. No, 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 no. This is the word of God. And as long as the word of God, many a times it wouldn't go in line with your feelings. So you may feel like you're a failure. But you don't speak it. You speak what the word of God is saying. We do not say, don't let the word of your feelings depart. He said, don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth. Because your mouth has the power to make you or unmake you. It says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So your mouth has the power to make you or unmake you. How did God make the world? How did he? Start with creation. He said, in the beginning, he said, let there. He realized that before he made anything, he spoke it first. Let us make man. Wow. I pray you get it. Amen. If you don't get it, then you, it's a proof that you must become more and more of a student of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you blessed? Oh, yeah. So, God knowing this, 
said to Joshua, don't let this word, don't let it depart out of your mouth. Because there are times that you feel down, you feel broken, you feel like things are not working. But make sure whatever comes out of your mouth is the word. It is the word. Because you may never know when one day it will manifest. You know, somebody, somebody said something. I saw a meme. I said, these people don't know God. <laughs> and I've seen Christians posting it. It said something like, when he said that he's coming to die or something, they, they said, hey, don't you know in your mouth is power? <laughs> There's power in your mouth. And he said, when he said that he wants $1 million, they said, they said something like, uh, don't ask whatever. Like, oh. And the person was trying to say something like, if there's power in my tongue, and I'm saying a bad thing, you say I shouldn't say it. Why when I'm saying the good thing, you are saying that it will not work or anything like that. And these are people that don't have revelation. Because you see, the Bible says that if the cloud be full of rain, you know how rain is released? Rain is released when the cloud is full of rain. That means until the cloud is full of rain, the rain will not fall. So there are times it takes days, months, for the clouds to be full of rain. But that the cloud is not full of rain does not mean that rain should not be added more and more to the cloud. So what it means is this, that you are saying it and it's not happening, does not mean stop saying it. What it just means is that the rain is still being added. So keep saying it. The, the Bible calls the word water. Do you know that? Just by the washing of the word. The word is water also. Also likened unto rain. So, as you speak it, it's like rain is being added to a cloud. You keep speaking it. I cannot fail. They don't believe it. I cannot. That is why you would, some of you have been wondering, how is that there's still difference between, because you don't believe it. Yes ago, about three years ago, I was so poor and so broke. And the Lord said to me, if you want to change this situation, change your mindset first. That's how I told you the last time that um, your condition that you find yourself in is the condition of your mind. Just as a man thinks, so is he. That means whatever we are seeing here is out of what is in your mind. Your current state is the current state of your mind. Yeah. Change begins from the mind. That's the Bible says, do not conform to what? The patterns of this world. But be it transformed by what? Be it transformed by the renewing. So until the mind is renewed, there can't be transformation. So if you want to change your life, change your mind first. The Lord said to me, change your mind. I remember those days, even I'm buying food and it's 10 cities. Look, how I would, I would insult and argue and and you ask how much i said 10 cities so i began to change my mind and out of that i began to change how i spoke and the things i said until i remember one particular december the lord said to me now you have broken through and from that december till now look I have never ever been broke in my life and I will never ever be broke in my life. Yeah. I'm telling you, there are some of you, I, I, you are here, I, but with all humility, I pay your fees. With all humility, I, 
I do many things. I don't want to mention many things. And I'm very, very young. I'm very, very young. I'm into full time. I don't work. But I was an IT expert. I left it all. I worked with Vodafone. I worked with Ports, Ghana Ports and Harbor Authority. I worked with MCOPA. I worked with international companies. Look, I dropped it all. <laughs> May the Lord help you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You will not be broke. Yeah. I speak into your life. Amen. Whatever financial bondage you find yourself in, I declare it broken. Amen. That school fees is provided for. Amen. That money to eat is provided for. Amen. That clothing is provided for. Amen. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think it's a good place to just slap your hands to the Lord. All right. Someone say, All right. So from this scripture, you see that, look, I need to, look, when you leave this place, let this ring, look, let this be your heartbeat. I must mature. I can't just be there. I can't just be an ordinary Christian. I can't just be an, <laughs> a normal Christian. There's nothing normal about Christianity. You've never seen God before, but you're praying to him. Is it normal? Hello? Hi. There's nothing normal about this faith. Why do you want to be normal? Describe the whole, how does the Holy Spirit look like? Tell me. But you believe he's the Holy Spirit. It's not normal. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. Have you seen heaven before? So we believe. We will will believe it with our life. It's not normal. So ask somebody, why are you trying to be normal? Ask ask my beautiful sister, why are you trying? Leave me alone. I want to be a normal Christian. I want to be at my somewhere a normal Christian. A normal Christian? Was Jesus normal? No, 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 no. There is road. You are walking on the sea. It's not normal. There is nothing normal about this thing called Christian. Stop saying you want to be a normal Christian. It's the devil's way of killing your Christianity. So now you get to a place. People are fooling, saying all sorts of things. And you are being compelled to compromise. Just because you want to be normal. But have you not heard? He said, blessed are they that persecuted for my name's sake. That means that there is a normality in the faith. It's called persecution. If you start living as a true Christian, you'll be persecuted. I bet you this. Start praying every day, morning and evening, in your house for one month. This is what some people in the house will tell you. I don't only can pray. Are you a praying machine? Every day you are praying, you are praying, and you come and say the food is not enough. (laughs) There's more food that we cannot afford, and we are giving it to you. You are using all to, to pray. Are you a Christian more than me? He said, Oh, ma, oh, what is oh, ma? And I'm just university for my bar. But do you know Jesus said in the book of Luke? 
chapter 18. He said, look, men ought always to pray and not to faint. That means the moment you stop praying, you've entered into fainting. The men ought always to pray. And we are doing that and people are complaining. Are you a Christian more than us? There is nothing normal. Talk about there's nothing normal, there normal about being a Christian. Besides, Jesus is in your heart. Did you see Jesus jump and enter your heart? What part? This is your small heart. Can it contain Jesus? But I will tell you, it's a spiritual truth. Yeah, it's a spiritual truth. There is nothing normal. In fact, the Bible calls it canal. So to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life. Yeah. I can be walking by the road and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm praying. And you can't have any problem with it. So somebody said, why, why are you walking by the road and you're, you're praying, you're speaking in tongues? Don't you know it's embarrassing? You twice you're walking on the road and you're talking to your friend. Don't you know it's embarrassing? The Lord is my friend. You are in the car, you are speaking in tongues. If you are in the car, you are talking. Stop being a normal Christian. When you meet the tradition and you want to showcase power, he will showcase power. He doesn't care where he is. Those days when I was in the uh, senior high school, in the only school in Ghana, oh, called the school. Oh, Infantipim school. Oh, I had certain, a certain classmate. So before we enter the exam hall, he just do like, I don't know, he's not, like some things. Then he just, like before the, the entrance, oh, then he just enter. I tell you, the guy can be holding a phone, nobody sees it. Hey. But one day it did not work. <laughs> and that day was Wasi Day. <laughs> he was hot. He was hot. I don't even know where he is again. He was hot. And for us, there were, I don't know if these days, but there were policemen. And for my, the policeman was standing in front of me like this. I said, Imat. But what I paid was the guy was not embarrassed of doing whatever he was doing, thinking that he was just saying, You may think he's stupid, but to him, it's life. And yet, you are afraid that people will talk. Why, uh, why is your mouth moving, moving as you're entering the. Only why? You are afraid. That is why they keep talking against us because they realize that, you see, we are living the opposite of Christianity. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 5 7. Therefore, we walk by faith. But many Christians are not walking by faith. We are walking by fear. And so the world has seen it. So what do they do? They intimidate us. Every day, la bala. Go and tell the baby every day and see what will happen to you. You dare not. But when somebody can just get and say, what's that? And you're just quiet. 
Amen. Amen. Receive grace in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. And so this takes us back to our root scripture. I've been blessed. Still Hebrews 6, 1. Amen. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Amen. Let's look at a couple other versions. Let's look at a version like um, PPT, the Passion Translation. As a good student of the world, you learn to compare versions. Hallelujah. Yeah. You learn to compare versions. Amen. Yeah. So let's look at the TPT, um, the Passion Translation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Passion Translation. If you are there, give me a wave. The Passion Translation. Okay. I think if you are using Android or even iPhone, you can download the Holy Bible. You have those things. The Passion Translation. We are looking at what? What scripture? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Now, PPT, it says that now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. Turn away from our dead works to embrace faith in God. Uh, let me just end there. Let's look at NLT. I want to just watch something. Amen. Yeah. Hello. Uh, New Living Translation, NLT. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, so let us stop giving over. Let us stop going over, sorry, the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. I hope you are taking notes. Let's look at Amplified Classic, AMPC. Hebrews 6, 1, AMPC. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. And finally, let's look at the Message Bible, MSG, the Message Bible. God bless you. So, come on. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. He says, grow up in Christ. Grow up in Christ. Tell somebody, grow up. Yeah. People are not happy about this message. Are you happy? Yeah. If you are not happy, we need to look at you. Do something. Like, hey, we need to look at you. 
Are you happy? Man, are you happy? All right. So, grow up in Christ. He says, but grow up in Christ. But mature. Pursue spiritual maturity. Yeah. Listen, there is a level that God wants you to get to. In this Christian, there's a level. There is a purpose. There is a level that God wants you to get. I'm telling you, there is a way God wants your lives to be. Yeah. And you must get there. You must get there. And you will get there. Where all things submit to you. All things. I have one pastor. Every time, you know, in Ghana here, there's power outages. What you know as what light, light or doom, so right? I mean, you Ghanaians go through that a lot. I'm sorry for you, but where I am, I don't know what it is, but. One day I was walking, it was strange. It was strange, like, who stole our electricity? <laughs> and they said, oh, it's normal. So for instance, for, for, initially I thought God was coming, but... <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, and when there's power outage, you say, light be. <laughs> but it never really happens. <laughs> You can say light is coming in five minutes. By the time you realize we've moved to two hours. You can say the light will come at nine. When it's nine, say nine five. Say, oh, by nine thirty. You recently he said it and it came. That was his the same reaction. And I told him, don't jinx it. Immediately, immediately I said that it went off again. But you see, what am I saying? Deeply rooted in man is that desire that all things should submit to him. Whether you admit it or not, deep within you, there is that, that, there's that desire, that hunger that no, things must submit me. Yeah. Why is life not working? Life must work for me. Like we just believe that no, it must work. Hello? Yeah. But I tell you, there's a level you need to get to. There's a level God wants you to get to. And you'll be shocked. All these things will submit to you. Amen. Amen. Are you here? Oh, yeah. I sure you are here. Oh, yeah. A place of dominion. Now, this is what the second Adam came to reveal unto us. Hmm. Stay with me. This is what the second Adam came to reveal to us. You see, that was the first Adam, the first man. Amen. Yeah. In Genesis 1.8, after God had made the man, he said something to the man. In Genesis 1.28, what did he say? Open your Bibles there quickly. Genesis 1.28. Genesis 1.28. Oh God, help us, Holy Spirit. 
Somebody say glory. 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 Are you there? Genesis 1.28. The first book of the Bible. So please leave the middle that you are looking at and come to the first book. Amen. Don't worry, I am with you. I was there. And I've left there. You are living there in Jesus' name. Genesis 1 verse 28. It said, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, what? Be what? Fruitful. And multiply. And replenish the earth. And subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air. And over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This is what God said to man. The first man. Adam. But you see, sadly, he lost it all. He lost all of this. He lost all of this. The Lord help us. But then, can I say, but then, a second man came in. This man is the second Adam. He is the Christ. When you read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, you'll see there. Christ, the second Adam. He came back. He came to restore unto us this order that we are destined to walk in. He came to respond to us. So what did he do? He fulfilled all that which God said concerning man in the beginning. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Christ was fruitful. He had fruit. He had fruit. What is fruit? Fruit are works. He said, I do the works of the Father. He said that, look, even if you don't believe me, believe in the works. He had works. He had fruit. He was fruitful. What was the next thing that he said? Be fruitful what? Multiply. He came to fulfill that. Guess what? In John 3.16, the Bible says, he was God's only begotten son. But in John 1, he says, as many as believe, give thee power to become sons. So he came as the only son, but he left with many sons. So today, you and I are sons. So he came to fulfill multiplication. What was the next word? Replenish. The word replenish in Hebrew is the word Maulau maule. Now, <laughs> relax. What it means is to fill up. Christ came to fill up the earth. So today, wherever you go, he's filled up the earth with his influence. He's filled up the earth with his power. He's filled up the earth with his name. That every he said, wherever you are, as long as you call upon his name, things begin to bow. He has filled up the earth. Now we can be here having church. Somebody is in Asia having church. Somebody is in England having church. Why? Christ has filled up the earth. Replenish. What was the next word? Subdue. 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 He subdued. Subdue what? Subdue the earth. He subdued. He subdued, and now he says, at the mention of his name, every knee will bow. If this is not subduing, then I don't know what is. Just by mentioning him, every knee, whatever you are, whoever you are, will bow. What's the next one? They have dominion over the fishes. Guess what? Christ commanded that a coin to be in the mouth of the fish. And the fish came unto him with a coin. He had dominion 
over the fish of the sea. And guess what? Not just over the fish of the sea, but he had dominion over the sea itself. Christ walked on the sea. Christ spoke to the sea. He said, peace be still. And the sea was still. Ah, he came to fulfill all that. Yes. So the second Adam came to restore us back onto that order. But the problem is, we must mature that we walk in this same order. Where now the matured man, called the perfect man, the teleos man, the matured man, he commands multiplication. Whatever he touches, multiplies. The matured man can replenish. When he finds himself at a place, he replenishes the place. Has dominion over all things. The matured man subdues all. That is the level God wants you to get to. Christ has come to make it possible. I said what? Christ has come to make it possible. Do you believe it? Are you learning? These are messages you need. Christ has come to what? To what? Yeah. Christ has come to make it possible. Christ, the second Adam. So if anyone is in Christ, he's of the second Adam. He's of this same possibility. You still don't get it. You don't get it. You still don't get it. May the Lord help us. Amen. Amen. The more you mature, the more you grow into him. So, do you know what maturity does? Maturity says this to you. If he has done this, by virtue of your maturity, you can do sin. Why? Because maturity now permits you to grow into him. So now when you speak, it's as though Christ himself has spoken. That is why the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. But you see, this scripture is not just for quoting sin. It's also a revelation. That shows us the possibility that we can become who he already is. But the gap between our now and then is maturity. If only you allow yourself to grow up into him. The things are not working for me. Mature. Things will begin to work. Things will begin to work. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? Oh, yeah. Is somebody here? Oh, yeah. And so this is God's will for you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hebrews 6 1, our root scripture. Therefore, what? Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us what? Go on unto. Perfection. Completeness. How complete are you in him? How complete are you in him? Completeness in your spirit. How complete are you in him? Do you feel down? Do you feel broken? 
You feel depressed. You feel up. Look, there's solution. We can pray for you. Huh? Jesus said something. Eh? He said, when the demon is removed, uh, he goes. You go. But he comes back with seven strong ones just to enter again. What maturity does he shut the door? The reason why only you every week will deliver you is because you are not maturing. So we can say out in seven the demon come back. Now with seven, seven, seven. Now the number seven stands for completion. So even the demon understands the revelation of completion. So the demon says to himself, maybe there was incomplete, that's why you could remove it. Now I'm coming with seven more. We are complete now. Try again. This thing called maturity. Hello? Pursue maturity. Pursue to grow. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Let's read from the Amplified. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and verse 18. How many of us are blessed? Give me a wave. How many of us are blessed? Okay. Wow, only a few people are blessed. How many of you are blessed? Okay. Hey, you scared me. For a moment, I thought I was in a different place. I'm in the right place. Eh? Second Peter 3, verse 17 and 18. I'm ending with these ones. Amplified. Verse 17. It said, Therefore, let me warn you, beloved, knowing these things beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men. Look, there is a revival happening in our day. God is rescuing the church from error. God is rescuing the church from being gullible. God is rescuing the church. That's a revival. So he said that, that you will not be carried away hmm. by the error of unprincipled men who distort doctrine and you fall from your own steadfastness of mind knowledge truth and faith i wish I, this alone is a whole sermon so if i read it again i might start teaching it let's go to verse 18. amen are you here amen. it says but grow spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be glory honor majesty splendor both now and to the day of eternity and let everybody say amen, amen. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Before any man, if you went to church, you won't do that. Before any man, and I mean any man, can be ushered into this journey of spiritual maturity, amen? amen. He must first know the person of Jesus. Before any man, and I mean any man, will be ushered into the journey of spiritual matter, he must first know the person of Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you two keys. Knowing the person of Jesus. Number one, 
through salvation. And number two, through experience, the experience and the encounter of him. Did I came to teach you? Is that what? I'm anointed to teach. Glory to God. Now, through salvation, let's talk about it. Can I address some things? Hello? Is everybody here? If you are here, give me a wave. Benet, are you? Hey, I'm not seeing you. How are you? Benny. Ella, I'm not seeing you guys here. Now, let me address something. Sadly, okay? Hello? Hi. Sadly, we have so many people today in the church that are not saved. We have so many people in the church. Let me shock you further. We have so many pastors in the church that are not saved. He's a pastor because he graduated Bible school. Now, there was a time I was teaching a Bible school uh, and in Kumasi. And exam time, we were invigilating. Bible school. Some say Bible school. Bible. Don't say it loud, though. Bible school. And we're Oh, Jesus. In my mind, you know, we are invigilating pastors. So, so I wasn't really paying attention. So one of my guys said, I for check, check, check. I saw men and women of God. A whole <laughs> bishop. Pull out books. Open. No, I did not laugh, but I was sad. Because the Lord said to me, they are cheating their way to become pastors. And they will pastor churches. So he's a pastor by cheating his way to graduating and being ordained as pastor. Not because he is saved, neither is it because he has experienced the Christ. It's scary, Apostle, it's scary, I'm telling you. So imagine a pastor who is not saved, pastoring a church. Think about the members. Think about the members. Are you here? <laughs> we also have a school of thought that feel and think that because they are in the church, they are saved. Salvation does not come by merely being in the church. Look, you could be assistant pastor and you are not saved. That's your assistant pastor, but not here. Because here, before you have come, we have scanned you. Recently, I was ministering with a certain 
service with big um, and dignified men and women of God. And look, that day the Lord opened my eyes. Thursday. And I was telling some of them that I've never seen like this in about two to three years now. Yeah. Yeah. The depth, I was scared. Talk about anything, I'll mention it to you. I look every every single thing from the things that I don't even like, like phone numbers. I was mentioning them to like those little mundane things. Like it's not really important. Like it was just coming. If you are here, yeah, I've scanned you. <laughs> like right now, as I'm here, I've scanned you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so not here. But then somebody could be an assistant pastor and he's not seen. This how serious it is. Some of you, even your parents, they believe you are saved because they've been in church all, all their lives. But ask, when did you receive Christ? We can't tell you. So we have many people in the church today, but they have not been saved. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some people think salvation is automatic. But scripture is clear on this. When you read Romans chapter 10, you can open it. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It's clear. So when I was a baby, my mother gave Christ to me. How? And baby, you are here. Look after that. We, we, we receive Christ. Don't worry. How? Look, now I'm not sure. I had a daughter. I recently led her to Christ. I've had people. I had to lead them to Christ. The person looked so spiritual, so everything. I had to lead the person to Christ. He was not saved. Are we there? Romans 10. Hello? Hi. Romans 10, verse 9. To four, uh, verse 9. Let's let, let me it says that that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, so confess with your mouth. Have you confessed? And shall believe in thy heart that God had raised him. You know, so they, I, oh, I believe Jesus came. I believe Jesus, I believe. Do you believe in, in your heart? First of all, you know, there are people that are Christians that don't really believe that he raised up on the dead. Then how are you saved? One day the Lord said to me, and I saw a vision of people in heaven, and I could not recognize anybody. And the Lord said to me, because those that you think you recognize, they are not really saved, but act as though they are saved. It is though that you think they were not even saved, they will be the ones there. It is well. He said, believe in the heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, 
And when the mouth confession is made unto salvation, hallelujah. Yes. Verse 11, it says, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So the scripture is clear on the structure of salvation. You are not saved because you come to church. You are saved because you have received him. You confess your sins. You confess that he is Lord indeed. You accepted and received him. You believe in him. Amen. Amen. Hello? Hi. Listen to me. Except by this, except by this, listen, your Christian journey has not begun. Without salvation, your Christian journey has not begun. The point number two. Through experience and encounter of him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, after you have been saved, you don't stay there. Of course, we say, come as you are. And look, come as you are. It's scriptural. Amen. Amen. Hello. Wow. Come as you are. But you don't stay as you are. That means after you have come, there has to be metamorphosis. There has to be transformation. So it's not just about, I've received Christ and I'm just there. No. Hello? Uh, yeah. There has to be transformation. And let me tell you, that begins with your journey of experiencing and encountering him. You have so many people that they've not experienced him. They've not encountered him. That is why it's like nothing really drives you. Yeah. Nothing really drives you towards God. Nothing really drives you towards the things of God. You've not experienced Him. You've not encountered Him. Hallelujah. Amen. So as I'm even talking about maturing, it's like still nothing really drives you to mature. Like you just don't, why should I mature? Let me just be there. If you've experienced Him, you'll be driven within. You'll be driven within to grow. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Look, you'll just, there'll just be this burning hunger in you. Yeah. There'll just be this burning hunger on your inside. You'll be going off track, but there's this conviction within you. Come back, come back, come back. Because there has been that taste. It says, taste and see. Have you tasted of the Lord? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you tasted? It's not about just being there, being a Christian. I'm just there. Ah. That's how you fall. That's how you can say, somebody said, I, I, I used to be a Christian, but I left the church. 
No, no, no man of experience and encounter can say this. Because no matter how tough things get, because he has experienced and encountered him, he still stays holding on to him like Job. He said, curse, curse God and die. No, no, no. He had experienced and encountered him. He still held on to him. Praise God. It is well. Hallelujah. Christ is the goal of Christianity. But until one begins to experience and encounter him, the journey has not begun yet. He's merely existing, but not living. Now, many Christians, they are just existing as Christians, but not living the Christian life. Hello? Right. So these two keys, salvation and what? Yeah. yeah. They make up the foundation of your Christian journey. Yeah. yeah. It is upon this premise that spiritual growth and maturity becomes possible. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just give this to you and I'm done. God's provision for the maturity of the believer. God makes provision for you and I to mature. The provision God makes for the believer to mature. I want to share some with you. Are you here? Azovo, please come here. Please come and open it for me. So that I see those online. Okay. From when I thought we were muted. I was going to say we've been muted all this while. Those online, if you are here, say I'm here. Are you speaking to me? Wow. God bless all of you online. Hallelujah. All right. So God's provision for the maturity of the believer. Now, mind you, I said the believer, not just any man. The believer. So, I mean, if I said Christ and all that, amen. Yeah. The believer. Maybe I'll, let me just list it. I don't know if I should teach it, but let me just list it. Number one, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's number one provision for the maturity of the believer. Hello? Are you here? Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. And then we'll go to verse 19. Hallelujah. Hello? Are you tired? I thought somebody said yes. Should I close? Should I close? I should teach. I'm closing. You're happy. So I'm closing. All right. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
Romans 8 verse 14. If you are there, give me a wave. I want everybody to be there. Romans 8 14. Romans 8 14. Okay. What does it say? For what? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are able to allow the Spirit of God to lead them, as many as can submit to the Spirit of God, the leading of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What it means is, it's not that they were not sons, though. You see, you can be a son and not manifest as a son. Romans 8, 19. You see there. It says that for the creator awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. What it means is that there are so many sons of God, but nobody is manifest as a son. We have so many sons of God in Ghana, but nobody is really manifest as a son. We say we are all sons of God. Where is your manifestation as a son? Hello? Hi. You need to understand that we grow into sonship. But you see, if you're able to give yourself this provision called the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you will grow. You will mature. You will manifest as a son. As many as are led, how led are you? How humble, how willing do you present yourself to be led by the Spirit of God? Hello? Hi. Are you blessed? Amen. Amen. Number two, let me just move quickly. Number two, the availability of the word of God. Some say, wow. wow. The availability of the word of God. John 1, verse 1 to 14. When you go, you can go and read it. I wish I could read it to you. Just go and read it. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. But after reading you, understand that Christ is the word of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And maturity is becoming more and more like Christ. Amen. Amen. That means when it comes to maturity, what then should be our go-to? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. Do you remember Ephesians 4.13? We read it. That till we all come in the unity of the faith. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And of what? The knowledge of what? The what? Of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the state of the fullness of Christ. Now, this Christ is the Son of God. And this Christ is the word of God. So, 
son of God is also the word of God. So now, understanding this, put in the scripture. And, and let's just read it again. Hello? Hi. Wherever you see the son of God, put the word of God there. Where you see Christ, put the word of God there. And read it again. Till we all come, uh huh, in the age of the faith and of the knowledge of the word of God, uh huh, unto a perfect man. So, by giving yourself the knowledge of the word of God, you are opened unto maturity. A perfect man, a complete man, a man that lives above error. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, He said, Ye err because ye do not know the word of God. Ye err because ye do not know the scripture. So, by giving yourself to the word of God, not just reading it, studying it, meditating, living it, thinking on it. You begin to usher your way into maturity. Reading the word alone does not mature you. Hello? You must study it. You must meditate. You must think on it. You must speak it. And you must live it. Amen. Amen. So let's read again. Till we all want to go, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the word of God, uh huh, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of the word, the fullness of the word of God. I'll teach this somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I don't think it's for you. This week I've been invited. So I'll go and teach it there. No, no, no. It's not for you. I don't believe it's for you. If I quiz you, what was the last thing I said? I, I, okay, let me quiz somebody. The full, is that the, the fullness of the word of God? Look, there is a fullness when it comes to the word of God. There is a fullness where the man now begins to walk in the reality of the word. As the word says, that's how his life is. Number three. Let me just mention them to you because. Number three, the gifts of Jesus to the church. Now, this is also known as a fivefold ministry. Ephesians 4, verse 11. You see there, and he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 says, for the perfecting, the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, because of the maturing of the saints, God made a provision. The gifts of Jesus, the fivefold ministry. Why has God given me to you for your maturing? So, it's just for your maturing. That's why it says in Jeremiah 3 15, and I will give unto you pastors after my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding for your maturing. 
for your maturing. And so, look, whenever you are listening to the word, as we preach, ask yourself, are you maturing? Look, I didn't come to preach that you'll be entertained. If you could be in that service, as we are teaching, you say, it's boring, there's a problem with you. Not everything that comes from the pulpit is nice or sweet. Sometimes it's medicinal. And you can barely count sweet drugs. When you have a headache, you take paracetamol. Is it sweet? You know, maybe just chew it. Amen. It's not sweet. Uh, doctor, give me some of that thing. An infection, uh-huh. Antibiotics. It's not sweet. Another one. A, a sore, uh-huh. Analgesic. Even the name one, the name alone should tell you it's not sweet. Analgesic. Analgesic. Look, Jesse. Hallelujah. But it's medicinal. And to heal you and cure you. That means it's not every time that listen to the word will be so sweet to you. Sometimes it's medicinal. But if you take it to heal you, restore you, repair you, fix you. But many of us, we just like messages that will entice us every moment. So you say deep, 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 deep. Look, that you say deep does not mean it will impact your life. Oh, yeah. I'm a prophet of God with all humility. You think that there are not many things I could do? There are many things I could do today. Many things. I could start just prophesying. You stand up, mention, mention, mention. But I just decided to teach. Why? Hmm. After I've built, I can start prophesying to you. But when I've not built and I'm prophesying to you, you are, you are still in danger. Because you can still be carried about, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Prophesy a lot in, in our services. Even if you are 50, I prophesy to every person. If you are 100, I prophesy to every single person. But Lord said, Hey, you are killing them. So you are excited. Hey, Shanko. And you are excited, but you are dying. Because you're not being built. Now imagine living on ice cream all the days of your life. <laughs> Hello? Imagine living on sugar because that's what makes you excited. The prophet is so it's like sugar or salt. I'm hungry. Before you eat three bowls of salt with some mayonnaise with ketchup and I'm hungry. Oh, you take three cups of sugar. So look at somebody's strange. Like somebody says, like that's how that's how it is. 
So we need to balance it. Oh, yeah. We give you ampesie. <laughs> we give you fufu. We give you contumely. <laughs> it's okay. You are, somebody's eyes is opening to many things now. We close it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's why God gives. God gives that it's called the gifts of Jesus. The fivefold ministry. It's not called the gifts. We have the gifts of Jesus and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are different. So now times the gift of the Holy Spirit is nine. The gift of Jesus is five. That's also the, the ministerial gift, the fivefold ministry. Amen. Amen. So he gives you a man, he gives you, he has given you me that you mature. And so if you are here, you're not maturing, there is something, you know. It's an error. You should mature. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you the last one. And I'm done. Number four, the privilege of spending quality time with him. You know, this alone is a whole, but the privilege of spending quality time with him. What does spending quality time with God do to a man? Number one, it makes the man know God. He makes a man what? No. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Give me a wave if you are here. Are you here? Oh, yeah. All right. He makes a man what? No. Yeah. When you read um Can somebody give us a scripture that says that they that know their God shall be strong? Daniel what? 11.32. Yeah, okay, it's here. So, watch this. By spending quality time with God, what happens is it causes you to know God. You know, sometimes I have problems with Christians. You're saying... <laughs> I don't know God. I want to know God. But you're not spending time with Him. You don't spend time with Him. It's always your books, movies, friends, and yet you want to know God. It will never work. Now, what knowing God does to you, in knowing God, we draw strength. So by knowing God, there is this strength that you receive. He said, but they that do not know God, they shall be strong. Knowing God brings establishment. So as you are knowing him, you are established. You are grounded in him. That he be deeply rooted and grounded in love, grounded in God. Knowing God exposes you to doing exploits. You cannot do exploits outside of knowing God. You want to shake the world? Know God. Know God. Exploit. Hello? Hi. Are you here? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So spending quality time with him, number one, makes you know God. Number two, I'm just doing it quickly, so I, I don't take much of the time. Even though we are within time, but I don't take much of the time. Number two, what does it do to a man? Spending quality time with God. It makes you understand the dealings of God. It makes you what? Understand the dealings of God. Sadly, many of us don't understand the dealings of God. Hmm. Not every rejection is of the devil. Also, not every open door is of God. So there are times they say, hey, you've gotten a visa or whatever. You're going to the U.S. Then suddenly something happens. You go and your name is not in. Say hey. my village people, no, no, it could be God. Mm -hmm. It's part of the dealings of God. Because to you, it's an open door. But in the spirit, it's an open trap. Mm -hmm. Some doors are traps. The day you step into it, you shut your destiny. That is why in as much as a door can open, a door can shut. When you open a door and you enter the room, you shut it. Now, it's not like you're shutting yourself into destiny or you're shutting your destiny. Either of them happens. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So to you, like a beautiful lady, like she's your speck, you know. All the 13 ladies I've ever proposed with to have bounced you and have left you. But suddenly this very beautiful lady just came said, Brother Jephthah. Can we be steady partners? And you say, wow. Then she said, Brother Jephthah, every day I want you to escort me to my plane. She said, hey, God, me pamini. Auntie, me pamini. Now, why am I saying? Brother Jephthah, are you hungry? I cooked some jollof for you. And you know, he's like, wow. No, this must be God. My specs. <laughs> but he may be shocked that is an open trap not an open door and all this for perhaps maybe me or someone saying it's not the will of God you do know the will of God I mean. <laughs> I've prayed for that thing I gave God my list everything has checked the demons of God Look, many people have missed what we call the dealings of God. They have misinterpreted, misinterpreted what we call the dealings of God. Some people left your life. It's not because of you, it's God. You have worked over him for seven years, you are still with him. <laughs> It's like I've opened somebody's file in the realm of the spirit. I see a sister. I 
Aida man. Hallelujah. If only you spend quality time with him, you would know, you would understand how God deals with his man. Do you know that God struck David's child to die? Where did this child come from? Fornication. Where did Solomon come from? Okay. Why, why are you people confused? But God took one. So you're like, God, you're wicked. God. But even the man understood that it was God's method of preservation for him. And God's way of telling him, hey, But you on the outside are like, well, David plotted the death of a commander just to take his beautiful wife, you know, sleep there, and God blessed him with Solomon. And the guy was, you know, prosperous and had wisdom. And God says, the man after my own heart. Mm. I've seen the way. God dealt with him. Many times we leave that part out. And God, look, David had to plead and plead. Look, he had to mourn because God sent a prophet to him to narrate the whole thing. David said, The man must be killed. The prophet said, You are that man. You see, human being, I'm the one that God, please forgive me. God has his way of dealing with his people. Hello? Hi. The dealings of God. Some of the dealings of God. The dealings of God. Again? The dealings of God. Yeah. But you see, you don't know this. So you spend quality time with him. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a scripture. Some say, thank you, Jesus. So after this, we will stand. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. It says something there. It says, Let him who boasts boast in this that he first understands me and he knows me. This same God says, He says, Your ways are not my ways. So God has his ways, God has his dealings. And he said, let him now boast. Boast that he understands and knows my dealings. Apostle Stan. How would that be possible? When you spend quality time with him. And my last one from this same point, number three. Let's all be on our feet. Decoding the voice of God. What does it do to you? Spending quality time with God. Let's all be on our feet. It brings you to the place of decoding the voice of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Is everybody standing? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. What does it say? It says, God, who at what? Sandwich. Times, uh-huh. Huh. 
Hebrews 1 1. Open your Bibles. Hebrews 1 1. Hebrews 1 what does it say? Uh huh. Speak to. Speak in time past. That's again. Uh huh. Diverse manners. Exactly. You've left that part out. The scripture is incomplete. He said, in diverse words. Now, that word manners means ways. So that means God speaks in diverse ways. But you see, you don't spend quality time with Him, so you don't know which one is His voice. You don't even know how to decode the voice of God. To you, you think that God's voice is one. But God has many voices. He speaks in many ways, diverse ways. God can speak through a car. Yeah. At the back of the car. Everything in him you trust. And perhaps you feel like I'm going to kill myself. And just surely you pick a truck truck and you're in the front. And look at your eyes, you see, in him you trust. God is speaking to you. God can speak right now through the message. God can speak through a song. God can speak through many ways that he speaks. But you see, we don't understand these things. He speaks. He can speak through your mind, your thoughts. He can speak through your imagination. There are many times I prophesy by imagination. So as I look at you, I just imagine your name is Yah. I say Yah. He said that's my name. But <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Don't just try it. Don't try this at home. <laughs> How? Because I have built and I've come to understand the ways of God. Hello? Hi. God can speak. Look, there are times God speaks, like maybe I mentioned somebody, and suddenly I feel my hand hurting. And I say, ah, your right hand is hurting. Say yes. But all this will come by spending quality, not just time more. Quality time with God. Quality time with God. Today I came with you with just a, a, a short message that God's desire for you is that you will mature. You know his ways. Understand it so that you can live in the order you are destined you to live, so you can manifest that dominion, that subduing power, so you can replenish wherever you find yourself. I'm telling you, you are the savior your family is waiting for, you are the savior your, your job, your company is waiting for. I'm telling you, don't let it pass you by by failure to mature. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to lift up your hand and want to pray. I want to pray in just a minute. We are praying. In just a minute, we are praying. And we are praying that may the Lord from today. Empower us to pursue maturity. That will not just be there as ordinary or normal Christians, 
but there will be that hunger in us to pursue spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. Lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and begin to speak to your father. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Shavara Sakobra Telebranda Mayatala Boshabana Makoborobo Shambara Balabara Bada 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 Lake Manamana Manabana Bada 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 B